For close to a year, the world's largest social media platform, Facebook, has been actively censoring stories that suggest COVID-19 may have originated in a lab in Wuhan, China. Now the social media giant is reversing course, revealing the real danger big tech censorship poses to the pursuit of truth. Friends, it's time for Hold the Line. This question about the Wuhan lab, we know that it's been debunked. Those same agencies now have been tapped with investigating one of Trump world's most favorite conspiracy theories. This week, Donald Trump is still pushing the debunked bunkum, despite his own intelligence community's findings that that is simply not true. And there is simply no reason to believe that that, that is the case. There is no empirical evidence to verify that. People don't keep bats in captivity. Complete baloney. We don't need to invoke conspiracy theories. This is just another example of, of the president trying to change the narrative from his own failings. The problem for President Trump is that he's running for re-election, is looking for ways to deflect blame for uh, the performance of the administration. Complete baloney. A conspiracy theory. Welcome to the Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. Okay, let's just, let's just deal with this reality now, shall we? They got it so very wrong when it came to the origins of COVID-19. But it's worse than that because they insisted that there could be no other theories put out there. This wasn't even about final conclusions. This was about what you were allowed to say you thought was a likelier situation here. And now the dominoes are all falling. Facebook put this official statement out. In light of ongoing investigations into the origin of COVID-19 and in consultation with public health experts, we will no longer remove the claim that COVID-19 is man-made from our apps. Now, what does man-made mean? You could get into a whole debate over whether changing a virus means that it's man-made versus just a virus that has research being done to it that might have escaped from a lab, right? There's still some levels, layers of of analysis and some intricacy here that's necessary. But shutting down ideas was always a bad idea. The people who censor speech are never the good guys. We all know that. And Facebook was doing exactly that. If you talked about gain of function research, if you were proposing to people what might have happened in this Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology, the biggest social media platform in the world took action against you. And if you make a living in the media, let's say, you suffered real consequences as a result of it. And now everyone's starting to say, hold on a second. A year later, more or less, from when this debate first broke out, they're understanding that not only should they have refrained from suppressing the idea that this came from a lab, uh, it looks like this actually probably did come from a lab. That's what the preponderance of the evidence based on a recent Wall Street Journal story where they were talking about people getting sick at the Wuhan Institute of Virology right about November of 2019. Sick enough they had to go to the hospital with a mysterious respiratory virus. Hmm, that's a very big coincidence to ask people to swallow and say, oh, you don't don't pay any attention to it. Biden, the Biden administration has now called for more investigation of this as well. Shortly after I became president in March, he said, I have my national security advisor tasked the intelligence community to prepare a report on their most up-to-date analysis of the origins of COVID-19, including whether it emerged from human contact with an infected animal or from a laboratory accident. 
I've now asked the intelligence community to redouble their efforts to collect and analyze information that could bring us closer to a definitive conclusion and report back to me in 90 days. Essentially saying, yeah, we actually really do have to look into this 90 days, all hands on deck, so to speak, figure out what really went on here. Now, isn't that fascinating? Because I'm pretty sure that we were told that we showed you a lot of the media analysis of this, that we knew what happened, right? It came from the wet market, you dummy. That's what they said. Shut up if you think otherwise. What are you, some kind of a science denier? And then they actually suppressed your ability to share that information, to share your theory if you disagreed with them. Uh, turns out that that's not the only place where we've had a bit of a revelation recently. You know, Dr. Fauci, who has been a nemesis of mine during the entirety of this pandemic, because I think he's a highly overrated, very dishonest, uh, smarmy bureaucrat. He's somebody who said just a few weeks ago that there was no truth when he was pressed by Senator Rand Paul, no truth whatsoever to the story that he, or I should say the National Institute of Health, gave a grant that went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which was engaged in bat virus research. That's what, that's what he said. It's absolutely not true. Then he had to say, uh, it turns out it is true. There's a $600,000 grant that went from U.S. taxpayer funds, my friends, 600 grand from the NIH to a third-party researcher who gave money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which was engaged in the study of bat viruses under the uh, period in question. And so that then brings up another question. What exactly were they doing researching viruses in the Wuhan Institute of Virology? What were they up to? Does Dr. Fauci know? He seemed very certain before. Or is Fauci just kind of making it up as he goes along? He was asked about it. Gain of function specifically, which is where you try to enhance a virus's effects in some way. Here's what he said. You gave them money and you said, don't do gain of function research. Correct. And they said, we won't. Correct. And you have no way of knowing whether they did or not, except you trust them. Is that right? Well, we generally always trust the grantee to do what they say. And you look at the results. Have you ever had a grantee lie to you? I cannot guarantee that a grantee has not lied to us because you never know. You never know. So, yes, those who were saying U.S. taxpayer dollars went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which was uh, studying bat viruses and may well have engaged in gain-of-function research. There's certainly reason to believe that could be true, a lot of it, and there's no way to prove that it's untrue. So why would social media companies shut it down? It's all because of politics, my friends. You know that, I know that. It's because of the narrative. And so what's the left going to do now? Well, one thing you've already seen is that they go out there and they say uh, that this is a response that the shutdown of the lab leak theory, and including all of social media shutting it down, uh, was a result of Donald Trump offering this up. He wasn't the only one. There were a lot of people that thought that Senator Tom Cotton, uh, Senator Rand Paul, a lot of people thought the lab leak theory made more sense all along. So what exactly are they going to do now? Well, they are leftists, and so they could always just say it's racist to talk about this theory, and that's what one uh, individual, New York Times COVID reporter, uh, Apurva Mandavili, she wrote that someday we'll stop talking about the lab leak theory 
and maybe even admit its racist roots, but alas, that day is not here yet. Um, two questions. Why would we stop talking about what is clearly the most likely theory right now? And number two, how is it racist exactly? Does somebody want to even try to answer that? Does it even matter that that's a, a thing that you should have some backup for? No, we just throw it around. We don't want to talk. We want to shut it down. Say it's racist. Very effective, very dishonest tool in American politics, unfortunately. Trump was for it, so they were against it. That's, that's a big part of this. You have to remember that. And they act like that's not their fault, but it absolutely is, because there were a lot of other people that were trying to do this, uh, to put forward this idea. Let's just understand, uh, my friends, this is a situation where the Democrats, the corporate media, the left were wrong because they abandoned fundamental principles of the free exchange of ideas and free speech in our society because they could. All right, with the lab leak hypothesis gaining mainstream acceptance, media fact checkers are under renewed scrutiny for failing to follow the facts. After the break, columnist David Marcus from The Federalist explains why he believes the fact-checking industry should be regulated. Stay right there. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to do it on your own, and you didn't want to make rookie mistakes? I felt exactly the same way as you until about a year ago. I've always loved the idea of real estate investments, but I didn't want to get involved in something that I had no idea what I was actually doing, right? And then I met my friends at Done For You Real Estate. They took all the guesswork out of it for me. They found me an awesome property. They rented it out for me right away. They managed the tenant for me. And now I get a check every month like clockwork. Don't wait another second to see if my buddies at Done For You Real Estate can do for you what they did for me. Visit doneforyoubuck.com to see how it works. Again, every step of the process from picking the city, the house, getting the loan set up, getting a tenant in place, and a management company to handle the whole thing for you. Just go to doneforyoubuck.com. See what my friends can do for you there doneforyoubuck.com. That's the way to begin your real estate investment journey today with experts with a proven track record of success. Go check them out for yourself. doneforyoubuck.com. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. One thing that 2020 has taught us is just how dangerous fact-checking is. Mainstream media's stunning reversal on whether COVID could have been created in a Chinese lab is a prime example of that. For most of the past year, left-wing media consensus was that the lab leak argument was just a fringe theory promoted by people on the right, and big tech insisted these, quote, conspiracies should be censored on social media platforms. 
Well, they were wrong. It's blatantly obvious nobody is fact-checking the fact-checkers. That much we know for sure. Our next guest says it's time that changed. Columnist for the Federalist, David Marcus, with me now. A man who was willing to ask questions during the pandemic. The kind of questions, David, that get you banned. And then there's, there's no apology afterwards from the people that said that you were a danger to the public, right? There's, there's no social media note from Facebook saying, sorry that we censored you. Turns out it was our bad. No, not only that. I mean, there's also no check in the mail. Uh, for all the revenue that these companies lose, be, because, that these news outlets lose because they get erroneously suppressed by Facebook. And it's not even Facebook that's doing it. Um, Facebook hires these third-party fact-checking entities uh, to make this call for them because they don't want to be viewed as a publisher themselves. Um, and, and these third-party fact-checking entities, there is no regulation. There are no rules. And so... Uh, it really has a horrible effect on our discourse because time and again, not just the, the lab leak story, but the Hunter S. Biden story. Um, John Tierney has a piece uh, in City Journal right now about a piece he ran about masks being bad for kids uh, that got suppressed because of these fact checkers. And he was citing a peer reviewed study. So, I mean, some, something has to be done because the American people are being badly misled. Yeah, we need to know who is making these decisions, there needs to be accountability for that going forward at least. And part of the problem here is that they're either, as you, as you mentioned, outsourced to fact-checking organizations, which are just left-wing propaganda organs. I mean, that's very clear from anyone who understands who staffs these things and what the politics are of the people who work there. But even beyond that, you know, it, it seems to me like we should at least get some transparency from Facebook, from Google, from Twitter about who, who's making these decisions. Because until there's actually some, until there's actually some uh, downside to it reputationally, you know, you can just still work at Twitter and get away with this stuff because no one knows who actually made the call. I feel like we've got to force their hand, David. And, and this is beyond just the break up the monopolist in big tech, which also needs to happen. Yeah. I mean, we also need to have a conversation about what constitutes a fact check um, because a lot of times it's not fact checking, it's opinion checking, it's tone checking, it's social responsibility checking. And honestly, uh, one of the reasons that I think it wouldn't be difficult to regulate third party fact checkers is because fact checks should be really simple, right? Facts are supposed to be stubborn. They should be two sentences long. They should be, here's what you asserted and here's what shows that, that what you asserted is not a fact. Not that we find it misleading, not that we think you took something out of context, but factually you got something wrong. And that's not what's going on here. And also we see that, that they assert, I mean, you're, you're pointing out, but they assert that something that can be considered to be even unfinished or, or you know, inconclusive, there's only one approved narrative for it. I mean, that's where we get into the Wuhan lab situation where really nobody was ever saying they knew, or I should say it wasn't really the opinion uh, broadly speaking, of those who thought it probably came from a lab that they were 100% sure, they weren't even allowed on these platforms to say that the preponderance of the evidence indicates to me that this is the likeliest. That was suppressed, which is just mind-blowing. Yeah, and, and it has a chilling effect. I mean, can, these can, you know, conservative outlets, I'm not talking about the New York Post or, or Fox News, but I'm talking about the smaller outlets, the one that, the ones that 
bring us the violent images from Portland, the ones that find out stuff about critical race theory. These outlets, you know, they can't afford to have their views suppressed. And so, you know, what they what they do is they will have factual information that they don't run, that they have to choose not to run because they can't run the risk of losing this revenue. I mean, it has to stop. That's a much more common occurrence than I think people realize. And in terms of just the, the general accountability for the media during this whole fiasco, David, I mean, a part of this that I think was was very troubling was as this was happening, not only were there not voices in a lot of the big establishment journal enterprise out there, New York Times, Washington Post, we all know what they are, CNN, raising, even raising concerns about the blatant censorship that you and I are talking about, they were cheering it on. They were actively rooting for this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, yeah, because all the rules stop, right? I mean, whoever thought that, that in the United States of America, people would not be allowed to go to church for months on end? Whoever thought that in the United States of America, governors would rule with dictatorial powers for, for over a year? I mean, Emperor Cuomo's still doing it. Um, yeah, th- this this was an excuse to, to break all the rules because public safety. Um, and, you know, we got to be real careful that this wasn't a dress rehearsal. That's my big concern going forward is that the mentality of people that you're now seeing on display where they are walking around, even after the CDC says it's safe to be outside, vaccinated or not outside, you're actually safe. People seem to forget that. Even though the CDC has said that, you have people still walking around with masks on. I, I believe that, peop- that those who want to control public perception and with it public action and, and politics uh, view this as an enormously successful campaign they've run of, I don't know if you want to call it brainwashing or consensus making or whatever it may be. And there's no way that those who, are, who have a tendency toward authoritarian and uh, authoritarian collectivism don't see this as an opportunity to do this again on other issues. I think we're already seeing the early stages of that. Oh, of course. I mean, what happens once climate change is, is determined to be a public health crisis, right? I mean, do, I mean, the precedent that we've set is that the Constitution no longer applies. What about racism? You know, it's... Um, uh, it's it, it's a big problem, and, and you've hit the nail on the head. This 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 will be used over and over again on, on a multitude of issues unless we put a stop to it. Do you think we're going to ever get to a point where even if Republicans get into power, David, uh, in the near future, let's hope, let's see how the midterms go, but that there'll be a real push. We, we talk about a lot of things on the right, break up big tech, put regulate, you know, get rid of Section 230, I worry that those companies are too powerful and too too rich, two things that go hand in hand, for the right to really do anything about it. I, I worry this is just going to turn into something we complain about for a long time. And I wanted your sense of where you think that goes. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I think the, the bill that DeSantis just signed in, in Florida to try to reel in big tech is a, is a good start. There's a bill in Michigan that would regulate these third-party fact-checkers. I mean, I think one thing that conservatives need to understand is that 
you know, we can't have this sort of slavish um, attitude towards the orthodoxy of small government where we don't use the government uh, to fix some of these problems. It, it's a new time. There's new issues. And we can't be afraid to use levers of power to, to stop these people from doing what they're doing. And that's a fight that's going to have to happen within conservatism. David Marcus at The Federalist. David, thanks so much. Great to be on. Coming up, President Biden is set to release his first budget proposal this week. And if the early reporting is anything to go by, it's going to be a spending spree of historic proportions. We'll uh, delve into those numbers in the Buck Brief coming up. I want you to go to this website right now. Trust me on this. Preparewiththefirst.com. It's a special website set up by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Every day it seems like things are getting worse out there. The best way to have peace of mind is to stockpile emergency food and water. My Patriot Supply is America's leading preparedness company, and they're here to help you become self-reliant no matter what happens next. But you can't wait for something bad and then react. You should act now before we see a stock market crash, hyperinflation, civil unrest, or a natural disaster. My Patriot Supply has been in business for over a dozen years, serving millions of families and earning 39,000 four and five star reviews. Their food is specially packaged to stay fresh for up to 25 years. So when you prepare today, it'll be there for you when you need it. Right now, save $50 on their four week emergency food kit at preparewiththefirst.com. The meals are delicious and provide 2,000 calories a day. That's preparewiththefirst.com, preparewiththefirst.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This week, President Biden is set to release the first budget proposal of his administration, and it can be accurately described by one word, spending. Six trillion dollars worth, to be more precise. It's important to note the power of the purse lies with the legislative branch, not the executive. The president's budget uh, is largely considered a political document, but it does offer insight into Joe Biden's priorities and outlook. New York Times today published an advanced look at the president's proposal. We'll delve into the numbers in tonight's Buck Brief. Now, Joe Biden likes to spend the public's money. We know that. It's already been very, uh, very much the kind of Democrat administration you would have gotten if any of the candidates on the Democrat side had won their way into the White House. So there's a lot of money sloshing around. That much is for sure. But Joe Biden is trying to sell this to the American people as though he's still 
good old Amtrak Joe, you know, the guy that carries a lunch pail to work, someone you can trust, someone you can, you know he's not going to do anything radical. It's not radical. No, of course not. Well, here is lunch pail Joe. Here's Amtrak Joe telling you all, it's just about what kind of economy we're going to build. Sure it is. Play it. And now we're faced with a question. What kind of economy are we going to build for tomorrow? What are we going to do? I believe this is our moment to rebuild an economy from the bottom up and the middle out. Not a trickle-down economy from the very wealthy. That has never benefited people who are at this college or any other place where they're trying to make a living. To build an economy that rewards work, not just wealth. An economy that works for the backbone of this country. The people who get up every single day, work hard, raise their families, pay their taxes, serve their country, volunteer in their communities. Just looking for a little bit of breathing room. Yeah, it's just, just a little bit of breathing room, sure. Uh, it's a blue-collar blueprint behind him there. You should have seen that, yeah. Joe Biden, who has a three or four million dollar house in Delaware and when he was in the Senate was renting, I think, a $20,000 a month house in McLean, Virginia, and his son was getting paid up to $80,000 a month by a Ukrainian gas company because Joe Biden was in elected office at the time, the vice president, or in appointed office, the vice president. Uh, he really knows the struggle. Yeah, Joe Biden's all about the workers. Sure he is. That's, that's really what he's into. He is about class warfare and giving the kinds of speeches that obscure what the real intent is. So let's get into what, if he had his way, now it has to go through the legislative branch, we all understand that, but this is supposed to be a representation of what the Democrat Party, he is the leader of the Democrat Party, or maybe Obama is, and Biden says what Obama tells him to, but he's close to the leader of the Democrat Party. Uh, and here he is saying things like, well, he's gonna spend $6 trillion. This is from the New York Times today. President Biden will propose a $6 trillion budget this Friday that would take the United States to its highest sustained levels of federal spending since World War II while running deficits above $1.3 trillion throughout the next decade. $1.3 trillion. Um, why? Ask yourself this question. Why should we be spending the most money in our history since we were in a true global war, I mean, an all-out conflict of the major nations of the world at each other's throats. Why should we spend the most money since then? We are in an artificial recession, a recession or not even, it's not even really a recession. We've had a, a temporary economic downturn uh, that's the result of lockdowns and the response largely, some of it is from just COVID, but the response to COVID-19. So we should just get out of the way, right? Let the American people have their business be business. But Joe Biden thinks that he has a better idea, which is to spend your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren's money before they're even alive. New York Times also says, Mr. Biden's first budget request as president calls for the federal government to spend $6 trillion in the 2022 fiscal year, a total spending to rise, a total spending to rise to $8.2 trillion by 2031, upgrade the nation's infrastructure and uh, substantially expand the social safety net contained in the American Jobs and Families Plan, along with others. So just, just a spending extravaganza here. Massive expansion of the welfare state, massive expansion of what they're calling infrastructure. But as you know, infrastructure is just, what do Democrats want to spend money on? It's infrastructure. 
Childcare infrastructure. Going to your dentist infrastructure. You know, building windmills infrastructure, or you know those wind turbines that kill large numbers of migratory fowl. Yeah, that's what he wants to do. He also, this is also in the New York Times preview of all this, says Mr. Biden's plan to fund his age agenda by raising taxes on corporations and high earners would begin to shrink budget deficits in the 2030s when he will no longer be in office, my friends. In the meantime, the United States would run significant deficits as it borrows money to finance his plans. The federal budget deficit would hit $1.8 trillion in 2022, even as the econ- economy rebounds from recession. This is... And I think we all need to be very clear on this. This is quite close to, if not in actuality, modern monetary theory and practice, MMT. MMT is something that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders and some other members of Congress are at varying degrees of honesty about how much they adhere to it. But effectively, it's do whatever you want to do with spending, tax as much as you want to tax because that's just equalizing the playing field, right? That's just, that's just the right thing to do to borrow from Obama. And don't worry about inflation. Don't worry about the debt. Don't worry about any of this. Just spend the money you want to spend. You'll figure it out later. That can have disastrous consequences for an economy, and it might end up having them for ours if even a portion of this spending actually goes through. But for those who are saying that Joe Biden was a moderate, This budget proposal is as radical, it is more radical than anything Barack Obama put forward. And it's not that different from what President Bernie Sanders would be putting forward now. Just remember that. The U.S. reaches a COVID vaccine milestone. A new study shows mask mandates were ineffective and more. Dr. David Samadhi joins us next to give his insight on the latest news. Stay with us. Today, the U.S. will hit 50% of adult Americans that are fully vaccinated. This is a major milestone in our country's vaccination efforts. Earlier this week, the White House touted the U.S. reaching this milestone, 50% of adults fully vaccinated. This comes as scientists are now taking the idea that the coronavirus could have leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. Uh, Seriously, instead of jumping from animals to humans. They're actually looking at this. Um, Here to unpack it all, Dr. David Samadhi, author of The Ultimate Manual. Dr. Samadhi, good to see you. Good to be with you. Thank you for having me again. Let's just start with, what do you think about where we are when it comes to the vaccination campaign, caseload right now? What, What should people across the country be thinking about this point in the pandemic? Well, I think the hard part is over. If you really look at the, some of our interviews from a few months ago, in November and December, I predicted that by around April or beginning of May, we're going to be stop wearing these masks and our economy is going to be open. The good news is that a lot of states like Florida, Carolinas, Texas, they removed the mask mandate and the number of cases never went up. The number of hospitalizations never went up and uh, they saved their economy. And I wish we would have done the same thing in New York, New Jersey, Chicago, and many other states. So I think the hard part is behind us. This has its own cycle that we went through the tough time. And, uh, you know, we are going to move on and, and hopefully this will be behind us. Are they going to be some form of variants every year, like flu, possibly? But I think it's going back to where the origin of this coronavirus came from, why they were doing a lot of this research about the gain of function research, what purpose of this, um, whose idea was it, who invested it. These are very good questions 
that for national security in the future pandemic, we need to know those answers. Dr. Samadhi, I want to know what your sense is of a, of a couple of questions that are outstanding that don't get nearly enough attention, in my opinion at least, in the media and in the expert discourse about this. Do we know right now whether naturally derived immunity from previous coronavirus infection is more or less effective and long lasting than these vaccines? Do we, do we know or are people extrapolating, guessing, making uh, educated analyses? I think it's all of the above. I think a lot of people are guessing and they're uh, uh, trying to figure out exactly whether somebody has had it and already they have antibodies, do they have as good of a protection as these vaccines? And you, I've spoken to a lot of infectious disease. Some are saying that these antibodies may fade away. In, in some, they still have it for many months and years. So I really don't think people know the exact answer. And that's one of the reasons why they're panicking and saying everybody should go out and get the vaccine. But don't forget, this virus was going after people already over the age of 65, people with diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, cardiac issues. That was the target of this virus for elderly nursing homes. And since already 75% of that crowd has been protected, the effort to really like vaccinate 60-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 20-year-olds, it doesn't make much of a sense to me because this crowd, the new crowd, younger ones, never died from this, never were uh, uh, transmitting this. And so a lot of uh, vaccines that may not be really helpful. So um, there's a lot of guessing going on, as you mentioned. That's true. Where, where are we with knowledge about possible booster shots? Dr. Fauci out there, well, he'll, he'll bring up the boosters. He'll say we may need them, we may not. What, what kind of determinant uh, or what, what kind of determining factors can we look for? And I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't they know or do they not know because they don't know how long the vaccinations actually last? So how could they know if we need boosters? Well, I think there's a lot of questions still about this vaccine. Number one, um, the credit is due for to give it to the President Trump and his administration for bringing this vaccine in the course of nine months. I've never seen it, and nobody has seen it in, ever in medicine with this kind of like clinical trials, and that saved millions of lives. Uh, stopping the planes from coming in on January of 2020, that also saved millions of people. So that was like a really big uh, part of this pandemic and it really saved us. As to the booster, this is the second shot on top of the first shot that would act as, as a booster. Whether or not you're going to need a third one or whether or not you're going to get the annual one, I hope that's not the case. And I hope you keep your immunity once you have it, especially against this variant. All of those questions remain to be seen. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's a great idea to find out what was the detail of this research? What kind of genetic modification was done? What was the purpose of that research? And that will help us whether or not this is going to be a long lasting effort or, um, you know, once you build your immunity, you're going to have it. Um, looking at the detail of that research, which hopefully will be exposed, will help us to understand and a lot of scientists and doctors how to deal with this and finally put this behind us. You are not going to count on WHO to give those questions answered. So I hope we have some fair doctors and scientists who really want to look into this and help the humanity to get into that lab. Don't forget, the doctors who are involved in that research 
they all disappeared. They all died very soon after this whole thing became the news. We have seen doctors that somehow escaped China and came to this country have spoken on many shows about the details of this research and why it was done, how it escaped, what the purpose behind this. So we have a lot of data that's already even published about coronavirus in that lab, and someone needs to look into this. Dr. Samadhi, uh, the return to normal seems to be held up a little bit here by people who aren't even willing to accept the very slow to change, in my opinion, CDC guidance about what's safe and what behaviors you can go back to. Do you have concerns that, I mean, as somebody who's, I, I know you're not a psychiatrist, but you're a practitioner of medicine, that for some people this has turned into what, what would be essentially that some of these, these measures and the thinking around COVID, is it an anxiety disorder? It is, and, and look, number one, let me tell you about the impact psychologically that it has made all over our country. When we had 9-11, you remember for days, months, and years, we suffered. And that was a major attack on America. 3,000 Americans died. You have about 500,000 Americans and more that have died. And this is like the biggest impact in our country. There's every family, they have lost one or two family members. Uh, and so the psychological impact of this is tremendous. Wearing a mask when you already have been vaccinated it, you know, the, it, it's the anxiety, it's the stress, it's the pressure behind this. It's the oh my God factor. And when you are wearing this for about a year and a half and all of a sudden you don't have it, you almost feel like you're, you're naked. You know, I'm going to get this virus again. And that's going to take some time. It's not going to go away. Dr. Smiley, I've got one thing for you on masks as well here. We have this study that my, uh, my producers just uh, brought to my attention today. Uh, it's a study on masks. This the Department of Biology, University of Louisville, Kentucky. Case growth was, was not significantly different between mandate and non-mandate states at low or high transmission rates, and surges were equivocal. Mask use predicted lower, coast, uh, lower case growth at low, but not high transmission rates. So clearly not highly effective across the board. What do you make of this conclusion? I know this is just one study, but it seems like we were maybe told masks work a whole lot better than they do. Well, this is exactly a study that probably Dr. Fauci was aware of and he was looking at. And he basically said that these masks are not going to be really making a huge difference. And in his first interview, he talked about this and he was right. You know, except N95 mask, which is really protective in many situations like this, all these other thin ones that we're wearing or cloth masks and almost 90% of the masks that people will all use was a complete waste of time. And the history is going to look back at this pandemic uh, and to show how many mistakes was made, how many lockdown was un completely unnecessary and how we collapsed our economy um, as a result of this. And so- Dr. Samata, we gotta leave it there for today because we're about to run yeah. into a break, but I do, Appreciate your expertise as always. Thanks for joining us. And must be good to be right because you've been right a lot during this. So you can take that home it's with you. It's a pleasure to be with you. We Thank pray you so it just much. Says won't happen again. Thank you. After the break, I have some personal news to share with all of you. Tell you all about it. Got to stay with us. Quick hits. We're living in very uncertain times and being prepared for the unknown is more important than ever. I'm sure you've noticed the world we live in today is anything but predictable. 
The government is passing massive spending bills. The Federal Reserve is printing trillions of dollars in fiat currency. And many experts are predicting inflation could run rampant in the coming months. That could spell disaster for the dollars in your bank account. We could all benefit from something a little more reliable right about now. Well, what could be more reliable than real gold and silver? I'm talking about real gold and silver you can actually hold right in your hands. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now and learn how easy it is to get real gold and silver sent securely directly to your home or how you can have real gold and silver placed in your IRA or 401k. Just call the Oxford Gold Group at 833-600-GOLD and ask for your free guide on owning gold and silver. Again, call the Oxford Gold Group right now at 833-600-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Call them right now, 833-600-GOLD. One more time, that's 833-600-G-O-L-D. Governor Ron DeSantis keeps racking up the wins. He's not tired of winning yet. And I've got some big news on the personal front. That's coming up in quick hits. Let's get to it. In fact, I want to lead with the personal front. If you've been watching me here, I greatly appreciate that. It's wonderful to have you in my, uh, my audience as people that appreciate what I do. Uh, I just want to tell you all that I got some great news today, and that is that my radio show, which is different than my TV show, but obviously they all kind of feed into each other, uh, my radio show will be moving uh, to 12 to 3, the Rush Limbaugh uh, slot. Uh, I'll be co-hosting from 12 to 3 on hundreds of stations across the country starting June 21st, and I'll be co-hosting it with Clay Travis, a great radio host. Look, this is the, the biggest platform, the biggest stage in radio, so I certainly hope you'll be able to join me, uh, join me there, especially if you're a talk radio listener. And uh, it's, it's a big day. I've never really had the experience of having so many text messages on my cell phone that it felt like there had to be some kind of a, an error or something and, and emails and everything else. Um, Rush built really the talk radio business. Uh, there's no one who could ever take over for him. But Clay Travis and I are going to do our absolute best to bring real insight and, and intelligence and uh, and some humor and fun as well to that 12 to 3 slot every day that Rush built for all of us and, and everyone across the country. So very good day for me here, and I hope uh, you'll, you'll check out my show there in a few weeks. If you're not already listening to my radio show, it should be great too, but I'm going into the what people call the Rush spot, 12 to 3, uh, with my co-host Clay Travis, the two of us. And look, we're hoping to bring radio into a whole new era and bring in younger generations and have a real impact all across the country. That's the plan. So thank you for watching me here, though, because this show has been successful as well. It all, it all builds upon each other, and it uh, really means a lot. I'm, I'm humbled that you would spend your time on your computer or your smartphone or wherever, your TV, however you're watching me. Um, that's why we work as hard as we do, to do the best show we can every day. And I even put on a suit jacket for all of you. So that's, that's like a big deal for me. I usually walk around now all the time in sweats. All right, Governor DeSantis. He's always having good days, it feels like. I, Governor DeSantis is just not tired of winning. But he had a pretty funny comment about how there was all this concern about people not being masked in Florida. It turns out that that concern was way overblown. But he had some words for, I'm here in New York City, had some words for those of us who are up in NYC. Here is what the governor of Florida had to say. You know, normally it's not all of our district normally open then. So so this is one of the first ones. I think they sent like one of the corporate media outlets sent some reporter down. They were trying to make fun of Baker, like all oh, these yokels are having kids go in school. How cra how crazy are these people? Right. 
the crazy people are the ones that are vaccinated still wearing six masks in New York City. I mean, to be honest with you. Um, yes, that is true. <laughs> the, the crazy people are the ones who are walking around with multiple masks on, even after vaccination outdoors. This is nuts. But Florida, as, as Ron DeSantis has said, it is West Berlin. It is, it is showing the rest. It has been showing the rest of the country what freedom looks like versus the tyranny, the East Berlin, if you will, of New York, California, Michigan, these lockdown, insane lockdown states with all their terrible policies. Speaking of terrible policies, defund the police. One of the dumbest ideas you could possibly come up with in modern American uh, political life, right? I mean, what, what could be, well, you know. Getting rid of the border is probably a bad idea, but defunding the police is also quite a stupid thing to do. Um, And people are learning this the hard way, including some of those who are advocates for defunding the police. Atlanta Councilman Antonio Brown, who voted in Atlanta to defund police, has had his car uh, stolen. And this was done in broad daylight just uh, yesterday. But last year, he's voted in support of an ordinance to withhold $73 million dollars from the budget of the Atlanta Police Department, the incident occurred amid a recent wave, crime wave rather, in the city. Brown, who joined the city's mayor race less than three weeks ago, is running on a campaign of reimagining public safety. Reimagining public safety. What a big pile of garbage that is. Reimagine it how? Because it's getting less. We don't have to imagine it. We can see it. It's actually just getting less safe. That's not good. doesn't work well. I have... Um, Plenty to say about the governor of New York, as you know from watching this show, or if you listen to me on radio, Cuomo has been wrong a lot, in big ways, in bad ways. And uh, this is Cuomo, I'm sorry. Well, there's Governor Cuomo and there's Chris Cuomo. They've actually both been wrong. The bros Cuomo are wrong about a lot of stuff. Here is Chris Cuomo, not Governor Cuomo, back in, well, let's do him actually yesterday. Let's do yesterday. Play it. COVID was passed from animals to humans, or it originated from a lab accident. Now, the second is a newer notion, okay? The government had not been open to the lab theory. That is why it is so politically charged. It was dismissed as a conspiracy early on, but now is under serious consideration. This is not new. It's not new. Here's Cuomo, last April, play it. All right, we have breaking news on our watch. It is a very provocative headline. I'm just getting it. Let's go through it together in real time. Here's the headline. The United States is pursuing the theory that the virus started in a Chinese lab, not a market. Theory's not new. It was out there the whole time. The truth is out there, you could say. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high.